This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Everybody should ride. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Youth Group Radio Program on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM. And. Uh, 3CR is celebrating 40 years on air this year, so don't forget to subscribe and um, keep this radio station going. And uh, thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and this is Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio and we're a program about cycling and related transport issues. And today is the final uh, little series we've done over the festive break, come silly season, come everyone's not around time, and remember and it uh, with Sarah from Villa Aporte. And today we're going to be talking to Troy about how you blokes, you gentlemen, you young whippersnappers and ooh, you, you young men about town, how can you look stylish on a bike, no matter what your age? And some very interesting tips here from Troy about how you can get about and also he's um, some interesting bits and pieces about cargo bikes. So we'll start that interview just after the break. Oh no. Freeze fellas, you're under arrest. What do I do? Um, call a lawyer? Hello Fitzroy Legal Service. Mm-hmm. Okay, well if you are arrested you should make a no comment interview. A no comment interview? Yeah. Well how do I do that? You say... No comment! To everything? Yes, except your name and address. Every other question you should answer with no comment. So if he asks me what colour my shoes are, I say no comment? Yes, you say... No comment! To everything? Yes, say... No comment! If you are arrested, exercise your right to contact a lawyer and say no comment. Fitzroy Legal Service proudly supporting 3CR. I'm speaking to Sarah Im and Troy Parsons, and we're going to be talking about stylish cycling. Okay, who wants to lead off? I will lead off. <laughs> this is Sarah Im from Bella Aparte. As you know, I'm a big proponent of everyday cycling, and of course, with style. Today, though, I wanted to talk about menswear on the bicycle. Consequently, I wanted to int- introduce you to Troy Parsons. Welcome to the program, Troy. Hello, thank you. I was um, remembering how we met in this modern era. We actually first met on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. We were talking initially about the different ways to take kids around by bicycle. And oh, yes, um, yeah. And then I next saw you on Twitter in New York City on a city bike, looking very stylish. And I think that is actually when our dialogue began. Yes. Uh, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And so then we actually met for the first time in Melbourne um, in, the, in the winter. And since then, 
we become partners in crime, so to speak, uh, yes. when it comes to stylish cycling. And in fact, I, I wrote a blog post about you as you were the second of my fashion model victims, as I like to call everyone. <laughs> I, I, I think to kick off then, I, I just wanted to talk about the when. So when did you start bicycling for transport? Wow, I, that was probably when I was about uh, seven, I think. Seven? I to school. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Um, but, you know, I, I think probably typical story for most people you know, at my age, by the time people sort of got to university and so on, um, you know, maybe things get difficult in, in the way that our cities were built up, fell into a car lifestyle. But it wasn't until I moved back. Uh, I I'd moved to North America for a while, started cycling a lot around Toronto and subsequently New York when I lived there. And I guess that's where the journey began. I think in some of the Western societies, our bike culture is a little carified uh, to use an odd term in that there's a bit of the fast and furious and um, sometimes there's a, a lot of a pride in the, the way we ride our bikes and so on and and not so much of the emphasis on just the cheap practical transport down to the shops and so on but then I think it really sort of came to a turning point uh, when my children came along because that really changes everything because obviously it does when you have your children well I was going to say you can't you really ride a road bike, but obviously you can. You can use a trailer on a, on a road bike. You know, for me, that's uh, when I went and bought a cargo bike during some travels, I was lucky enough to go through Copenhagen. That was the first time I'd saw uh, seen a Christiana box bike, and that just blew my mind. I just thought, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I've definitely got to buy one of these. Living back here in Melbourne, when my first child came along, uh, I started looking into cargo bikes, ended up with a very nice uh, long john, and, of course, that put me in an upright seated position uh, on the bike. And then I, I quickly realized that even when I wasn't carrying children around, I, I just really enjoyed riding this thing. I was, you know, just taking a relatively casual ride around the city, uh, enjoying, enjoying myself as I went rather than sort of trying to get everywhere as fast as possible. And so I guess from that point, I started looking more at, you know, upright bikes and bus bikes and all, all this kind of stuff. Because your kids, <clears throat> the birth of your first child, that you started to cycle more upright. Yes. So what were you what were you riding before you started to cycle more upright? Um, well, while I was in New York, I had folding bikes because oh, you had a folding bike. Yes, oh. it, you know that meant I could ride uh, closet to closet, as I say. So <laughs> you know it's hard to have a fancy bike in New York without bits of it going missing if it's mm. locked anywhere outside. So I, I had a, a nice day on folding road bike essentially so I could sort of stick that in my closet at home and then I would ride to work and stick it in the closet in my office which is which is a more upright style anyway it depends on the bike uh, there it? are there are very aggressive folding bikes pretty quick you know my folding bike had 20 inch wheels but 120 psi <laughs> and you know I think sometimes I'd be clocking about 40k an hour on the way to work <laughs> um, so that that was you know that was more of the kind of cycling for transport slash fitness but again you're not going to be riding like that with a kid on your bike. Well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I, I, I refuse to go that speed with uh, <laughs> my kids. And yeah, you know, it was, you know, I, I'm a bit of a bike aficionado. I enjoy bikes and that was what, and you know, I like odd bikes. So one of the other bikes I, I had while I was in New York, I had a mini Velo, um, which for those who don't know, um, I believe they're maybe originated, but certainly more common in Japan and in countries like this because they have a 
They have a smaller footprint with 20-inch wheels, but the geometry is not all that different from a full-size bike, but they're much easier to get into a you know, small apartment or you might be able to slip it under your bed or, or something like that. So anyway, I bought that just because I like odd bikes, and the cargo bike sort of was in that category, but then after that opened me up to more practical bikes. You know, With my Dutch bike now, I can have a kid on the back and a kid on the front and you know, two panniers full of shopping and, you know, it's, it's loads of fun to ride around. And, and when you were riding back then, let's say when you were in, in New York, what were you wearing? Wearing just um, sort of sport clothing, not, not really, you know, the full Lycra kit, but just sort of, yeah, T-shirts. shorts and some other kind of, you know, techie, stretchy kind of stuff. Probably the coolest part of my outfit then was just my cycling cap. Uh, everything else was uh, probably yes. a bit dorky looking. A bit dorky looking, do you mean? Yeah. Well, it was fine. You know, it was just bland and understated. But, sure, you know, sort of... sure. And and now, what 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 are you writing now for every well, day? Well, the other thing is when you have kids, you know, there's there's a lot less free time in your life. So, you know, the morning you're usually just trying to get your kids together and you might be trying to get them to daycare or whatever. So now I just don't want to have to do the kind of shower at work and all getting changed and all that kind of stuff. So I just wear my uh, business suit uh, on my bike to work i don't have a long commute um so that makes it easier for me so yeah generally it'll be my suit yes and 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 what kind of bicycle are you riding now uh so at the moment i have a nice gazelle probably got the heaviest model in existence mine's a full steel bicycle even oh. the rims are steel so it's steel, sure steel, steel yes yeah um <laughs> I, I wanted to have a full steel bike but possibly not the best for Australian conditions but it, you know it's a great bike and then my wife has a very nice um gazelle uh, model as well which i pinch from time to time book by Elena and Bruce MacDonald stars our beloved comrade Bill Della as the protagonist in a journey that stems from Ballarat to Humpty Doo and features all the lefty issues that were dear to Bill's big heart. 3CR has a few precious copies of this beautiful book for sale for $20 plus $5 postage. All proceeds will go to the Solidarity Breakfast Program's Radiothon Fund. You can buy it online at the 3CR shop. Go to the 3CR website 3cr.org.au or pick up your copy at the station. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM and Digital. I'm just going to go into the second part of the interview. It's Stylish Cycling for Gentlemen and this is with Sarah and Troy. back and you were just talking about uh, Troy you occasionally have a lend of the wife's bike oh yeah she's got a great one I mean she's got one of the heavy duty ML models of the gazelle I don't know if you've seen one but they they look very cool but you know it's got the rack on the front and a basket on it also hers is aluminium where mine is steel so hers is a lot lighter it's a bit easier yes. to get up you know Gertrude Street and Kew Boulevard and so on it's just nice to have something different as well of course, of course. And so you're talking about your commute, how it's not very, very, very far. So what's, can you talk a little bit about your typical journey for the day? Yeah, you know, I live in sort of the inner suburbs of Melbourne. So I'm only three or four k's from the city. There are, there are a few hills in Melbourne. I don't think they rate 
was really nasty compared to many cities. But, but you know, the distance is such that I don't really need to rush. In Melbourne, I, I think bicycle is pretty much the quickest transport form there is, certainly around sort of, you know, the inner north and so on. But, you know, a few things I found was that busy streets, for instance, are something that somehow subconsciously just make me want to ride faster. You know, I don't know if it's the yes. roar of the traffic or <laughs> of course. Some, sub- some kind of subconscious threat of being hit by a car or something. But, you know, like, for instance, Albert Street heading up into Melbourne, not the greatest, but it's a reasonable bike lane up there. But, you know, I find that's not really the most relaxing way where sometimes if I just take a nice back street, I just find myself riding at a more leisurely pace and... You know, if it's a warm day and I'm wearing a suit, you know, I won't get quite as hot or exactly. Um, just exactly. find it a bit easier going. That's right. And and I, the thing that I've noticed about riding more upright is that if you want to go fast, you have to stand up. I, I don't know about you, but I, I just find that if you're on a road bike, for example, like you have to lean forward. Just with the geometry of, mm. of, a, of a Dutch style bike, it's kind of like I, I find that if I want to go fast, I have to stand up. Very I, much so with the geometry of a more relaxed style bike. Weirdly, I tend to be the opposite. But, you know, I have gloriously oh. strong legs, so I think I just don't need to. But. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, I, I just, you know, get, getting up a hill, when I got my wife back into cycling, she was always sort of a bit... You know, everyone sort of thinks, oh, you know, here comes a big hill. But I said, you know, hills, you just you just take it easy. You just take it at a sustainable pace and you'll get up the hill. There's really no rush. You know, I, I much prefer a hill over a headwind, for instance. Headwinds are just kind of a, a nasty, relentless, they are relentless force slowing you down. And, you know, quite often you'll turn around and you've still got a headwind. It's just, you know, they're just kind of an evil thing. But hills, you know, you just kind of chill out, just keep turning your feet and you'll get over it and you don't need to go quick. Take it. A sustainable pace. Yes, and and I think that's also how then you manage to ride in a business suit, which you know I I think looks fantastic. I, I guess what I what I wanted to explore a little bit as well is because you started cycling wearing kind of more sports clothes, more casual. You've um, kind of evolved into riding in a really stylish way. So. Can you talk about how? I mean, you mentioned that part of it is because you know your kids like you just you don't have time, so you just put your clothes on, don't want to have to shower, that kind of thing. Can you just talk about your evolution of style, like how you decided that you were going to dress the way that you do? Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think it's just, it's a number of factors coming together. And I I guess it was really a journey of self-discovery in a sense to sound a little corny. But a lot of things in the bike world, or just a lot of things generally, people kind of put on a, a black and white scale. It's one or the other. But as most things are, they're really on a spectrum. So, you know, I'd started to buy, I guess, some of this kind of bike-specific clothing, you know, jeans that are a bit designed for, you know, wearing on a bike and chinos that are designed with certain features. And, of course, there are many people who kind of say that, you know, these things are a bit silly, you know, people in the Netherlands are not really wearing this stuff. You just get on a bike and you can ride a bike. You don't need special clothing. And I would say that's kind of true in a sense. But at the same time, I think you can imagine a scale. Like if you imagine spectrum on one end you might have a road bike and on one end you might on the other hand you might have a, a dutch bike for instance so on the road bike side you're going to be wearing very specific clothing you know sport clothing lycra stuff that breathes it's stretchy comfortable over a long distance and all that kind of stuff so this is definitely hyper bike specific clothing on the other end you might just be wearing everyday clothing so i would actually say that in this instance we've got a um, life-specific bicycle. And, you know, there might be a bit of a middle ground. You know, Australia, we've got people riding further distances and so on. So you might not be riding the, you know, hyper-quick road bike. But you might be riding 15Ks to work. So, you know, you might want something that's a bit more comfortable over distance or breathable or so on. So I tried 
some of these clothes and some of them work quite well. Some of them don't. Some of them look okay and some of them really don't. And I guess that's where it started. And then I think I came across a blog post by Stephen Fleming where he was sort of highlighting the fact that on a bicycle you're out there for display for the city and that's a really powerful tool for advocacy. You know, and he's he's sort of uh, feeling sorry for the poor bloke stuck in the car. He's either crumpling his suit jacket or he's he can't show off his finery. You know, he's kind of stuck in a metal box where on the bicycle you can show the world and flaunt your, your great sense of style. You can flaunt your sexy cyclist body and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, who wouldn't want to be that kind of person? And that's kind of a tool for advocacy as well, which um, as for you is, is probably not all of it, but it's certainly part of perhaps what we try and do to get, you know, a bit more cycle friendly city. Uh, Mikhail behind Copenhagen eyes um, really started this whole thing with the cycle chic movement. you know, just this really admirable way of looking or this kind of, admi- uh, you know, life that we might want to attain to where, you know, that's, um, it's very aspirational. So I think that started me thinking a bit more seriously about what I'm wearing. And then, you know, when my kids came along, I sort of got to a certain age where I, I, I don't think I was really dressing my age anymore. You weren't dressing your age anymore? What, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah. And what does that mean? well, when you're young, you can wear sort of tight fitting t-shirts and tight jeans and stuff. And okay, you look pretty good. But, you know, sometimes you'll see like, you know, an elderly gentleman wearing the same thing. And it's, it's not always a great image. It's, it says, you know, maybe this is someone who's growing older, but is in a bit of denial about growing older. So, you know, they might want to aspire to be a younger gentleman, but it's really not something that says this person has accepted growing old with grace and dignity and, you know, learn to adapt their style to that. So, you know, in terms of just, just my own aging, I had to sort of learn, learn how to dress a bit better. So it was enough to kind of pique my interest. And actually, I do remember another very pivotal moment. Somehow I came across George Han's blog. I think it was something from um, Street Films had a, had a um, video on... Um, some guy rating your bike locking and had this extraordinarily handsome bloke called George Hahn um, in his suit on this really nice upright bike. And I mean, I was blown away. I just thought this, this guy is phenomenally amazing. Looking. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that, that was a real eye opener for me. So from that point, I, I just decided, you know, I have to kind of educate myself. I didn't really have anyone to sort of turn to or ask. And so, you know, I started reading some books you know, uh, I'd mentioned this to you before, but there were two really good books that I found. So one I enjoyed was the the book is called Style for Men. That's written by James uh, Galicio, who is actually a style consultant in Melbourne. Um, they have a website, agoodman.com.au. And, um, you know, if you've got some spare cash, you can pay him and they'll take you out shopping and, you know, get you looking million dollars. Mm. The other one was uh, Dress Like a Man. And I mean, the title of this book, I mean, it almost sounds like a challenge, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought, wow, you know, I'm not really dressing like a man. So, I mean, this, this is another book. So Dress Like a Man is written by Antonio Centano. Uh, he also has a website, realmenrealstyle.com. I haven't used the website that often, but there's certainly some very good tips on there. like to get involved in the decision-making process at 3CR? Nominations are now open in 3CR's Community Radio Federation elections. 
You can stand as a subscriber representative and have valuable input into the programming and future direction of this diverse and dynamic radio station. Nominations are due Wednesday, 17th of February at 5pm. For more information, contact 3CR's station manager, Mary McEwen, on 94198377 or download the nomination form from the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au forward slash people. And back listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR 855am and digital. I'm just going to go into the final part of the interview with Sarah and Troy. So Troy, then my question here is then what advice would you give men who who want to wear something besides lycra on the bicycle, who who want to be stylish on the bicycle? There, there are a few tips. So we, we talk about, you know, non-bicycle specific clothing, but the history of clothing, actually, many things do have specific purposes. You know, there's reason why suits are made out of wool and there's reason why certain shirts are made out of linen and so on. So there are actually certain things you can wear to make yourself more comfortable. So one of the tips I actually got from Stephen Fleming was uh, he was going on about woolen underwear, which I found is way more comfortable. So, um, you know, I wear a um, woolen T-shirt under my shirts and I wear woolen underwear and woolen socks, which is a lot more comfortable if you do get a bit sweaty. Uh, They dry out quickly and they also don't smell like uh, you'll tend to in cotton. Um, So that's a big help. As I was mentioning, linen shirts. So in the summer, I actually got some very nice linen shirts made. Um, same thing, they don't absorb odour the way cotton does and they're a lot more breathable. You know, it's just a very nice looking summer. So so then you'd wear the woolen under under shirt, under like a T-shirt underneath a linen shirt? Uh, yes, I, I oh. do. I'm, oh, wow. I'm, I'm actually naturally a bit of a sweater. If people are a bit afraid of being a sweater, I wouldn't really say that it needs to be a barrier because I, okay. I am myself. Some people could probably get away with just a linen shirt, but, you know, I, I just wear it because it protects your clothes and gives them a bit That's more longevity. True. Any other any other tips? Yeah, you know, I'm by no means an expert, so I would just say, you know, look at a, look for a good book or find a good resource, something that you can turn to that, yeah, you know, you can really just find out proper information, you know, about um, what, what proper style, style is. Because yeah, one of the things I learned is it's not about fashion and it's certainly not about fads and trends and all that kind of stuff. Being well-dressed is just about these well-established styles that are timeless and classic. And, you know, you can really pair it with a lot of stuff. You know, fetish clothing, you might only be able to wear for a few years before it looks strange or pair it with only certain things. But if you have some classic items in your wardrobe, uh, you'll be surprised how versatile your wardrobe becomes. Question for both of you. Would you say that wearing, you know, more stylish or kind of, you know, that sort of more work, attire sort of clothing or just wearing what you feel comfortable within would you see that would uh, broaden the appeal of cycling away from like being something that's the exclusive domain of people who are fit and can afford all the gear oh i i think so because um you just look like you're doing normal everyday stuff going about your your, your day in um a pretty pretty accessible manner that you don't have to change clothes and and also you know really how many of us look that good in lycra for me, life just shows everything that I don't want to show. And, and I, you know, I prefer to accentuate what looks good on my body and not show what looks terrible. I think when it comes down to a tie, it should reflect the type of style of riding that you're doing. So if you're going to go out for a tra- training ride, you're on the road bike and you've got a specific type of clothing like you know, lycra or skin suit or the bibnicks. But if you're going from A to B, what we're discussing today is... 
you know, have have those well-designed work clothes and good fabrics. Exactly. And things that yeah. flatter you and and, and like like Troy was saying that that show that flaunt what you have, your assets, you know, and and make you look really attractive because everybody is is attracted to beauty. I mean, that that's that's the name of the game here. Really. I don't know what do you think, Troy? Um, to some degree, because it's quite interesting, every winter, you know, there'll be some article that comes out from a cycling magazine. And it's all the kind of things you need to be able to ride through the winter. You know, they can be a bit strange. And I would say that the only things you really need to be able to ride is the bike. <laughs> um, in terms of clothing, you know, like maybe a good raincoat, but it doesn't need to be overcomplicated. In the bicycling world, you know, there's a lot of gadgetry and stuff. And, you know, that, that can be a bit of an allure. And it certainly was for me. You know, we don't need to over complicate it and um, we don't need yeah. to over gadgetize it well you can have simple things like the bike comes with a chain guard so you yes. do protect your clothes or you have a good pair of gloves that protect your fingers in winter or if it's really cold you have a really nice little cap yeah those sort of things that make your riding experience so much better but they're not a piece of gadgetry they're just simply like putting on a pair of gloves they protect your fingers from the cold practical yes, yes. practical yes Just two final questions for you, Troy. So I think you mentioned that you have, you know, a few bicycles around in your house um, that you ride from time to time. You pinch your wives, that kind of thing. So if money were no object, what would be your next bicycle? You know, my next bicycle is going to be a tandem. When the kids get bigger, I want to ride Ooh. a tandem around with them. Yes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and... It's going to be a three-seater tandem. Three-seater tandem. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. My, my wife refuses to ride a tandem with me. I don't, she just, I don't know, it's not her thing, but uh, I'm going to ride it with my two boys. It's going to be awesome. I think that's a, I think that's a trandom, not a tandem. It's a trandom. <laughs> yes. um, take Is that as, real? Okay. Oh, I'll take it as a question on notice. I may be completely wrong. <laughs> Can I come along? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, sure. a good, it's a goodies bike. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think my last question then is, what is your favorite outfit to wear on the bicycle? I think my first suit is still my favorite one. Um, you know, it's a dark charcoal gray. It's a nice heavyweight wool, so it just it sits really nicely. It's almost impossible to wrinkle, and you know the color just suits my complexion very well. And you know, I'm always turning heads in that. I think that's Fantastic. my favorite. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Troy, for that. You're welcome. We'll speak soon. Okay, so that was uh, talking about stylish cycling in Sydney and Melbourne with Troy and Sarah. So thank you so much, guys, today. It's been fabulous. Pleasure. Thank you, Chris. you're listening to 3CR 855am and digital and that was an interview with Sarah and Troy about stylish cycling for blokes okay that's all we've got uh, time for this week and that's the ending up our little summer series of very relaxed cruisy shows with some very relaxed cruisy music and what you were listening to was Rai Kuda Patricia anyway uh, we should be back to kind of relatively normal shows next week a bit more pacier anyway I'm going to go out with a little bit of um, thin white joke
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.